Jordan Firstman is a writer, comedian, and someone who supercharged social media with his Instagram series, Impressions. While he made me laugh throughout the entire conversation, he also really, really made me think. Jordan is deep and sensitive, and in his words, he's such a liver. This is 4D with Demi Lovato. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Wait, look at your cute little setup. The clouds and the colors. It's yeah, we got some some stuff going on for sure. Oh my god, this (laughs) is so fun! I am so excited to talk to you. By the way, you Um, too. Yeah, and we've like DM'd because I think you're hilarious, and I want to be your friend. And (laughs) I'm so excited that we finally get to talk. If you haven't seen my podcast before, I always give the person I'm interviewing an opportunity to introduce themselves the way they want to be introduced to my audience. So take it away. (laughs) I actually wish not to be perceived at all. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's a really interesting answer. I'm like, I'm in a phase where it's funny that I'm like doing your podcast right now because I'm in such a like, I don't want anyone to have any thoughts, opinions, or feelings about me. Wow, interesting. But I mean, I guess if I were in a previous time to introduce myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say I am a writer and a filmmaker and sometimes an actor and then randomly an Instagram comedian. But that was kind of a mistake. Um, (laughs) And it wasn't really supposed to happen, but it happened and we're here now. We can't take it back. We (laughs) (laughs) can't. Yes. Yes. Well, everyone who's listening, um, your name is Jordan Firstman. Jordan Firstman. Um, I have actually heard you be called a self-aware, delightfully chaotic, horny mastermind. <laughs> that's I like that. So good. Do you <laughs> does that ring true for you? Yes. Actually, that is like <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how I'm feeling right now oh my god same (laughs) I'm really horny today I'm like I actually find whenever I'm like I can't find that like balance of like everything is at like an equal plateau like my creativity is at the same level as like my horny and my social it's like always very unbalanced you're playing whack-a-mole all the time yes so like yesterday I like had a day where I like just couldn't write at all and so I was like, okay, I'm going to be super horny now. Like, that's going <laughs> to that's gonna be what I'm going to do to take my mind off the fact that, like, my brain can produce no words. You know what? Sometimes you just have to take an afternoon for yourself, for your horny little self. I and know. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with nothing that. Wrong. What do you I get horny? Love, Are you horny? I'm horny, horny all horny the person? time. Really? <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm a very – I'm also a Leo, so I'm very passionate. Yeah, I'm just a very I'm a very horny person. I went I went on a birthday trip with a couple friends and I was like, are we sharing rooms? I guess I can't bring my vibrator. <laughs> like, right. This is yeah. that's so sad. 
some real friends would have let you have your moment. They would oh, they did. Leave. They were like, yeah. they were like, look, if you need to go in the other room, we got you. And I was like, mm, I just feel weird about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But what I love about you and the reason why I wanted to have you on my podcast was not only because you're fucking hilarious, but you bring a refreshing sense of self-awareness and unapologetic ness you're just unapologetic and you bring that to everything that you do what you're writing your impressions my friend alok told me that shame is interrupted joy and when i think of you i just think of like joyous because there is no shame in your game like you are just you you talk about whatever you joke about whatever and i love that i feel like there's not enough of that in this industry yeah, I do agree, but it can be, I mean, it can be taken away so easily. It's like really hard to maintain like a complete, like shameless attitude, especially the more people know about you. And like, you probably have experienced this as well, but like, I found like, I was looking at my, my videos from the beginning, like, so my, I basically had, I had like a very small following for like my films and my TV work, but the impressions like gave, made my following exponentially larger. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the stuff I was posting when I had like, like 20,000 followers and it's different. And right. cause you just have more, you have more people there. You get scared of more um you you don't want to express every opinion and like you know i've i've been on the internet in like a public way for like a year and a half now and i really experienced like major ups and downs with it and i let i really let um you know the the positive reinforcement affect me and so then when the negative came i was kind of forced to feel that as greatly right and so you know, I, I like to think that I'm shameless. I mean, some ex-boyfriends would, would say that I have no shame. Um, <laughs> um, one in particular. Some of mine too. <laughs> often, often mention that. I had like one that was like so perturbed by it. They're like, why do you not feel shame? And I'm like, am I supposed to? Oh, and fuck that. Fuck yeah, was that. Like, just because you feel it doesn't mean that it's right. And yes. I'm going to keep not feeling it to the degree that yes. I should not feel it. Like if I killed someone, I would hope that like there would be some <laughs> part of me that would feel shame. You know, I, you, I you like need to have a little bit. I feel like that's more of your conscience, though. Like there's yeah. there's a huge difference in your conscience. Your conscience can tell you like guilt can tell you something uh, that you're doing is wrong. You know, with, yeah. if you make a joke that it really, really offends someone like you know, th- yes, your conscience, your your guilt will come and say, hey, this is not right. But when it comes to shame, that's a societal construct. It's like, sorry for that ex-boyfriend putting those societal constructs on you for trying to make you feel something that they feel, you know? My biggest fear is being delusional. Because like sometimes you'll see, <laughs> you'll see people being super unapologetic about their opinions but i'm like wait every one of your opinions is wrong (laughs) yes (laughs) yes yes there are those so it's like you do have to like keep this like this check with with 
somewhat society and like be like, okay, if I'm feeling something completely like the opposite of everyone, let's look at what they're saying. Let's look at how I'm feeling. And like, maybe, maybe I'm not right. When I really hate a movie, I will like go off so hard. And like the, the, like, the logic that like someone could have their own experience of that artistic expression like is just like lost on me i'm like no that is a bad movie and a story <laughs> um yeah in, in <laughs> your defense in your defense you have really good taste because some of the projects that you've worked on i'm a fa- i'm a huge fan of i love search party Thank and you. big mouth is hilarious oh my god it's so good Thanks. Yeah, I've been lucky. I've been lucky to work on some cool shows. And like, I think that the internet thing was was good for me to like help solidify my own voice. Um, And like, because I was never really trying to be a comedian per se. But Mm -hmm. like my my point of view always tended to like skewer more comedic. And like, I've always been a naturally... I don't know, funny person. I don't even that <laughs> it, it's weird for me to even say. Like, yeah, I, I don't really feel that funny, but people do laugh at me. Like they always kind of have. Sometimes I can just walk in a room and people start laughing. And it's really weird. Like it is weird because I don't consider myself to be like a goofy looking person. And like you're not. I, no, I'm you're- like. You're not, you're hot. You're not a goofy looking person at all. I think that like what it is, is maybe your energy. Yeah. I think I literally have like, like a, there, people can sense when I walk in that I think like my, my like point of view about the world, like precedes me in the room. Like my energy walks in before me and it's laughing. (laughs) Yeah. And then I walk in and I'm like trying to be hot but my she's <laughs> like no girl sorry they're already laughing it's too late none of these people yes. are gonna fuck you <laughs> oh my god uh it's so good well you know i i think that it's a gift like i i really do think that it's a gift when you are able to bring so much joy into people's lives just by walking in the room um and and bringing that energy with you i think is such a gift and it was so needed during the last two years, basically a year and a half um, during the pandemic. And I think the type of person who can make quarantine feel less lonely must have like a really rich inner world. So I wanted to know what your inner world looks like to you. Oh man, it can, I mean, it could be a lot. Like it can it can be like riddled with, with, uh, I'm a, I'm, I relate to, I'm Jewish and like I relate to, um, kind of it's like main, it's main difference between like, uh, other religions is that it asks questions and we have like the 12 questions, whereas like Christianity has the commandments. Yeah. And like I'm, I, I'm asking why to everything. So my like inner world is mostly <laughs> being like, begging to God. Well, I actually have like for my show that for my project that I'm working on right now, like I have like some tent poles um, that like I try to like remember as I'm writing. And like, I think I want my life to be equal parts begging to God energy and dumb bitch energy. 
and like I need to have them yes. be equal. And okay. so I, I would say that's how I'd answer my inner world. Do you ever do you ever get stuck on like what to impersonate? Do you like or does it just come to you? I mean, at this point, like it's more that because I haven't done them in a bit, but I always have ideas like the the ideas never stop coming i think of them as like a project and i'm really really good at leaving things that i'm not inspired by and like <laughs> i've you know not done the other seasons of tv that like i was maybe asked to do cuz it just like didn't to me like nothing is worth um there's like that Kim Cattrall quote that is like, I don't want to be in a situation I don't like for even one minute or like something like something. Like, <laughs> yes. like that. But I'm like, if I'm not inspired by the thing, it's really hard to get me back into it. And the impressions kind of just stopped inspiring me, even though I keep having ideas and it is like this good outlet to get like, little little ideas out while i'm like working on some bigger concept ideas like i'm always observing and like i'm always like going to be observing so whether i put these observations in like one minute clips or i put them in a movie or a tv show like they're they're all going into a similar place but i mean it's really weird when you when you get over the thing that like quote unquote made you yeah because i'm like i don't want to fucking do this anymore and like you bitches are like you want something <laughs> from me i feel like my next like vibe on instagram mm -hmm. i want to be like a really contentious relationship between me and like my fans and like I hate my fans and they hate me and like that's <laughs> <the> relationship because <laughs> I feel I feel like more celebrities need to like talk about it but it's like you can't really talk about how annoying fans can be sometimes one you're talking to a former Disney star so I know what it's like to be in a situation that you're not inspired by anymore yeah you know and and I know how frustrating that can be when a lot of people are expecting one thing from you yeah. and you're like wait I'm over this this I need to move on to the next chapter yeah. um yeah. but I also I've I you know I was on a hike the other day and I was talking about like how I want Rihanna's album to come out so bad. I like her a new album, you know what I mean? And I'm like, but what if she doesn't want to? She's got a beauty line now. Like sometimes I wonder, I'm like, how annoyed or frustrated does she get with us that we're like, Rihanna, yeah. where's the album? You know what I mean? And it's like, I would love to hear her just like go off and be like, Y'all, yeah. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing it. I don't want to. Or, yeah. or, or it'll come when it's ready. You know what I mean? It's like, also I, a really creatively stifling to be yes. told, like, dance monkey. Like, yes. I, and like, when you're in, some people can really just like churn out work. I mean, like, not to, he's maybe not the best example, but a certain filmmaker that like many people don't like, but like, can like do, a movie once a year and just like churn out movies. And I get like jealous of like artists like that sometimes. Oh yeah, of course. You do have such a wide range of comedy and you combine, 
you know, subtle and dark to raunchy and literal. And I'm just wondering, where do you get your inspiration from? Like, what were some of your favorite movies or TV shows or things growing up? Or was it a family member in your life that was really funny? Honestly, this sounds like so gay, but... (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. You're on the perfect podcast for that. (laughs) But it really, it has always been life for me. And like, I'm like a deep, deep liver. And that's where, you know, all of my impressions come from observations and like all my like short films that I've made when I think about like what I was trying to say with all of them, they all came from life experience. And like, I'm constantly learning, you know, just thinking, you know, when I said like, I I don't wish to be perceived, like really all I was thinking this morning, like all anyone wants is to be fully like seen and understood by, by whatever, like whoever is in their life or the masses or everyone. And then it's like, I was thinking further and I'm like, but my perception of myself shifts so much. Like, how dare I ask for other people to know who I am if like I'm constantly changing? Like, how can how can you Mm. expect other people to keep up? And so like, I feel like maybe maybe the answer is like just focusing on like, you knowing yourself yeah. And like you keeping up with yourself, but that's also for, I, I changed a lot and like that is, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a constant like reinventor and go through evolutions. Even in the yeah. last year, I feel like I've gone through a couple different. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I can fully relate a year ago right now. I was engaged to a man I had long hair and identified as a female. So I can totally relate. I feel like I'm constantly on my Instagram or podcast or whatever it is. I feel like I'm constantly trying to update people to who I am today. And you're right. Sometimes it is just kind of like, hey, it's okay if you don't experience me for me right now because I might be totally different in five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. And it also it like you need room to be lost as a person too. I think people have a perception of public figures that we have it all figured out 24/7 and it's like we need grace we need them to have grace for us to allow ourselves time to grow and to figure these things out. I mean even when yeah. it comes to certain uh political stances that people expect me to post about. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I take a second to process what's going on in the world before I post about it? Because, you know, I need to understand what this is as well as you do. (laughs) So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big one for sure. And like people, I think right now are so, I think the culture is just so, um, they need to know instantly what your take is or what your stance is. And like, it is because everything moves so fast now that like, it's almost maybe like they know it's this, like this topic is not going to be talked about next week when you like do the research or whatever. But also I don't think everyone in the world is supposed to know everything about everything. 
Yes. Like, yes. We are, that is one thing. I think it's the biggest thing about the internet that no one really talks about is like our human brains like do have a capacity and like we are not supposed to know every detail about every person in the world. And now yes. we have access to unlimited information and our brains cannot handle it. And I think it's why things feel more and more chaotic as time goes on is because we're just getting pumped with more and more information. Like when like humans like lived in a village and they didn't know like what the drama of a village 2000 miles away <laughs> was and like right. to access that information, there's going to be some horses involved, maybe yeah. some like walking for months. And by the time they find out like that, like this mayor, I don't know, is like being a dick. <laughs> 2,000 miles away, they're like, okay, like we have our own problems to worry about. But right. now we know when the mayor's a dick, the second he's a dick. Yes, yes. <laughs> do you feel like with today's society, do, do you feel like you have to ever censor your comedy? Yeah, there was a time that I was like censoring it big time. And like I would send, you know, like my sibling is non-binary and like very, very – into like knows knows what like the most end of the spectrum is like they know like what I'll get in trouble for like with the people that I'll really get in trouble with right right and so I like I always send it to them first and I'm like Can I do this and <laughs> yeah. they're either like yes or no yeah um, because there is there is a spectrum and like you don't want to live on the end of the spectrum where you're only there to please the people that are on the farthest side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, but I'd say like you, you don't want to be a completely in the middle either because yes. then you're not like both sides are kind of just like whatever. So I think mm -hmm. like you want to be like that far into the good side, but totally. not like completely in it. Well, I found that so much of my personal journey, and just like you said, you're, a lot of your inspiration comes from life. I feel like so much of my healing has come from humor. And it's the only way sometimes that I can move forward is to find the humor in the situation, even if it is really difficult to find. Yeah, it always ends up back there. Like, yeah. it, it like you do have to like sometimes really, you can't just like only laugh about it. You know, like I've had some, I had my like year last year, right before the Instagram thing happened, started with like a bunch of major traumas. And then it was weird. Cause like I had like really bad breakup. Um, my TV show that I've been working on for four years got killed and a movie that I had wor been working on with my ex got killed. And so like within the course of like one week, like everything in my life was just like gone. And then within a month of that, like all of a sudden every pop star followed me and like, <laughs> I was, like famous on the internet. And so it like didn't really, I went right into laughter mode, uh, like especially with the breakup and like, and I, it didn't give me time to like actually, you know, feel the anger or like feel the sadness and like mourn it. And so mm -hmm. I kind of am like catching up to it more now. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've learned like, I really struggle. Like I am like, I think that's something people don't maybe know about me, but like, 
the the humor comes from like a deep well of feeling for me and like i feel things very very deeply i'll be honest like right now i'm like in a in a weird place and like mm -hmm. i'm like confused about a lot of things but like i've i've been here so many times before and like it always has led me to something better so i've learned how to like deal with the feelings and like just just feel them and like not always be trying to like fix the fact that i feel horrible um right. and just like let it happen and let myself like have a week where i just am like fuck i'm like so depressed and jealous randomly of like a fucking coffee cup like i'll just like just like have whatever right. feeling i need to have and it doesn't always need to be be fun or funny. I mean, and we see this with, if you go back in, in history and you look at very well-known comedians, very famous comedians, so there's some of the people that have struggled the most. You know, observation is sensitivity. Like the most keen observers are feeling kind of everything. When I find myself feeling really upset about myself, I like realize that it's kind of like a pain for everyone and like a pain for humanity and like i right now i'm just like feeling not as optimistic about the world as i would like to be it's hard to feel optimistic right now yeah um and so i think i'm like i'm feeling that on a personal level and then like you kind of your brain kind of tricks you into thinking it's about your own life when really it's a much bigger thing that you're concerned about <laughs> it's a tough it's a tough world out there, you know? We've made it a lot tougher. <laughs> like humans have made our experience really hard for ourselves. But I also, be, like, I do believe that like, it just all is, is evolution and like, it's never gonna stop evolving. And so like, you know, when people are like, we're like, we should go back to being like primitive humans and just like nature and oneness. I'm like, it's too late, girlfriend. Like, <laughs> yes. like we're not, we're yeah. not going back. <laughs> I wanted to get into your secret series. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting because it was another way of shifting shame, you know, and and kind of reinventing a platform where people could feel safe, but um, also bring a little, you know, tea to everyone else without without yeah. spilling tea, I guess. Yeah. It's also like it was a way to like make uh, people, I think, feel validated but also feel like their problems were not that bad and like everyone is disgusting right. and like all humans like have this 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 perverted like weird side to them and like i it's it came so naturally to me because like i'm just like i'm a 
slut gay guy who like has you know done most drugs seen most things like had sex with most people um so like i it was very i was just like oh this is like nothing i'm genuinely so not shocked by anything right that i see right it, it came supernaturally and then like the responses were really funny because people often said that they're like, Oh my God, this like makes me feel like less of a pervert or it makes me feel yeah. like there's like not something wrong with me. Um, which was cool. And also it let people be able to, yeah, make fun of themselves. Um, yeah, that's when I, I should do that more. I can like, I, I'm still like kind of into that. I was like, I was tempted to send you a secret. And then I was like, wait, does it say my, your name <laughs> afterwards? But so I'll send you a secret. Um, But yeah, I just, I loved that it felt, it brought people together yeah. in, in a time where everyone is, everything is so polarizing and so divisive. Yeah. You really rebuffed shame and there was a sense of connectedness and community that yeah. you brought together, which I thought was, was really, really fucking cool. Um, so it's, I'd love to it, see you bring that back. Yeah, I did. I did like, you know, when I say like, I have this, like, I'm like starting to feel this like antagonistic relationship with my audience. It's like, it, it's both scary because it's reminding me of, you know, like the worst side of me is like, oh my God, this, I've been in this relationship now for <laughs> a year and a half and they're starting to hate me. And like, they're starting to see my faults. And like, at the beginning we were like in this honeymoon phase and like, right. I can do no wrong. And like, you can't keep you out of the equation. Like, right. especially like me, I'm like, I, I, you see it on my face. Like for, you know, when I was going through, a really bad period this winter, like people would like be like, do impressions, do secrets. And so like, I would like try to get out of my bad state and do them. And then I would do them and people would just write, you look sad. Oh, honey. And so it's like, it's like, I couldn't, I, I'm a very expressive person. So like everyone can see it. So I'm like, they're wanting something. And then when I give it to them, they're like faulting me for being myself in it. Right. And it's just like this very, it's this weird thing, but yeah, no, it's like, I'm, I'm so worried. It's like making me feel like, oh my God, like they, there, maybe there is something wrong with me that like, I'm, I'm to this place and they're starting to see it, but maybe I can get them back. And like, it's, <laughs> I, I, it's this very neurotic thing I'm going through be also because I had no like prep time to like go from 15,000 to like whatever 850,000 followers yeah. and so i'm like getting used to having people who don't know me look at me and i think i'm also like at a critical time where i'm like it you know fame is a decision ultimately yeah and i could be like no no yeah. more this is not, I don't want this. I don't want you to look at me like I'm just going to be a writer now and like go back to doing that. But then it also, just like speaking honestly, it's it it gives you a lot of things and yes. it can give you a really good life, but also a really, it comes with so much. 
and you probably yeah i mean you probably know this a lot more (laughs) than i do i mean i still have moments it does get so overwhelming people don't realize that like you really have to have the thickest skin and if you're an empath your skin always isn't always thick yeah and and so you're kind of i i have moments where i'm like well when i got into the industry i was very young and i didn't really well technically i started working at eight years old And, and so when you're eight, you don't, you can't really compute what fame is. And then at 14 and I got this opportunity with Disney and it was the same thing where I was still too young to really comprehend what fame was at that level. And then it happened. And my point in telling you this is that I see you, even though you didn't want to be perceived, I see that and I understand that. So if you ever need to talk. Just hit me up because you do that. You it is a like you said, it is a decision and you are in control. And like, I think that's what is key to remind yourself of is that you are you that you're in the driver's seat. You can turn, you know, your Instagram off tomorrow. Yeah, if you wanted to or. And I did like I've thought about doing it and like it it also like. I, I also do feel like I the the my whole i'm naturally like subversive i think like i i think it is always i've always been kind of a troublemaker and i've always like gone against the grain <laughs> a bit and so then when i started to become so popular at i was like there okay this isn't actually in line with with my thing so like how do i subvert this i'm like i'm gonna delete my instagram like i like that's like that's how i get back at them but then i'm like no i'm just like i'm i'm sucked in like whatever right like just like accept accept that this is reality now oh my god there's so much that i relate to i've heard you say that you've done a lot of everything but you hadn't experienced abstinence yeah can you touch on on why that was important to you and what i mean not that like it's any of my business what you do with your sex life but um i thought that was a really interesting thing that you had talked about yeah i mean i you know my relationship to sex um is so confusing and complicated and like can really shift on a dime and it can go from like liberated to problematic within like a day (laughs) like i'd be like oh my god i'm having so much sex i'm so free but then it's like you then the next day you can have a really like shame filled filled sexual experience or get i call it dark sex worlds um and like it's very prevalent uh in the gay community but you know, it's really easy to go into it and like put all of your, you know, your shit just like on that. And so Mm -hmm. I can definitely go there too. And like what I love again, like as someone who's like an observer, what I love about sex with a lot of different people is that you get to meet a lot of different people Mm -hmm. in this very intimate way. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm also like, I love, I love connection to Um, and I just like love observing people and like sex has given me so much material and given me so many stories, Yes, Um, but I would like, there is, 
there is this part of me that, um, you know, wants to, I would like to see one day what would happen if I didn't, um, put myself with others. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm constantly relating to myself in terms of how it relates to others, if that makes sense. Mm. And like, even it, it comes down to like, a, like, can I be alone? Right. And can I be alone with myself? And cause even when I am like, you start to get lonely. So you'll FaceTime someone and you'll be like, fuck, like I'm, I'm actually not alone still. Or you'll go on Instagram and like, you'll, I'll do a secrets, feel less alone. So it's, I, I think like that is the core of the issue for just speaking frankly, is that like, I struggle with like truly being alone with no, with no vices, including connection. But I think that that's not a problem. Like, and I could be wrong. I'm not a therapist, but I'm saying I've learned one of my best coping skills is co-regulation. You know, talking to my friends, calling my friends up. What I've had to do in times where I'm like, all right, I'm having a little too much fun sexually and I need to like tone it down in those times where I've decided I need to spend more time alone, my co-regulation with friends isn't harmful. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that's – now vices are a different thing. But yeah. I feel like I feel like co-regulating, it, there's, no, there's no problem with that as long as it's not like – see, when my co-regulation turns into seeking validation right. and yeah. seeking affection or attention, yeah. that's when I find for me that it's been problematic. Yeah. And I also I just want to clarify, like, I actually don't think anything is wrong. Like, oh, there's like, no, like, there's no yeah. wrong way. Like, I don't think like my my dependency on people or my need for connection is wrong. But I think at a certain point, um, you do. I I want to challenge myself to no one. No one goes through life without coping mechanisms. It's too hard to go through yes. it wrong. Like it's it, unprotected life is like <laughs> it, it's too vulnerable. And like you yeah. would just die without, you know, it's right. like we need things to survive. Yeah. And so, you know, and like, I've, I've, I've like gone there and I've done a lot of like ayahuasca and like had those moments, like, with myself and like I went to Peru all by myself and like went to the jungle wow. that. and so like I am a very independent person but I think like the back to like the the celibacy thing I think it's just um I'm also constantly trying to prove my strength to myself um it's like <laughs> oh my god me too yeah so I'm like I bet like like it's the one thing I haven't done Let's see if I could do it. I mean, it's also like I I've been trying to have sex with a woman too for like two years because I've never done it. And it's like it's so weird. It's like people like the first people's first reaction is like, oh, it's like internalized homophobia. But I'm like, no, it's like I've gone around the spectrum and now I right. just want to prove that I'm like <laughs> that like I'm in control of my own sexuality. I'm like, right. wait, why can I have sex with like like any man 
Right. Like I can real, I can trick myself into thinking like the uh, like most disgusting person. I'm like, well, I need my dick sucked right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, why can't I trick myself into liking pussy? <laughs> and so I'm like, that's my next journey. But I'm like, God damn it. Like God is really testing me with this one. Like I really am just pretty gay. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting for it. We're gonna keep. Okay. Fighting. You know what? I'll send out positive <laughs> vagina vibes your way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so great. Wow. I call this podcast 4D with me, Demi Lovato. And um, I, I call it that because I want to have conversations that expand our consciousness so that someday humanity can transcend this dimension into the next. Um, so what does living in the fourth dimension look like to you? This is so funny. I, I like, I wrote a line about this yesterday and then deleted it. Um, (laughs) but I like, it was a therapist, like asked a character, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Because uh-huh. being unfocused, like, what do you want? And I wrote, like, I want to expand so far outside of myself that, like, not only am I small, but then the problems I have are minuscule, microscopic, and they don't even exist. And so I want to live in that plane. And then I want everyone else in the world to live in that plane as well. And just kind of like party in the expansiveness and like not worry about the problems. (laughs) And it's not, I don't think it's realistic, which is why I (laughs) ended up not using it. Um, But it is, it's a nice fantasy. It's a nice fantasy. And you know what? I'll take it because if that's what your fourth dimension looks like, fuck yeah. Let's party. (laughs) Let's party and ignore our problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, Jordan, I absolutely adore you. I just think that you're hilarious you. and I'm so happy I got to pick your brain a little bit more today. Thank you, Jordan. Bye, Demi. Bye. All right. Talk again. Bye. Bye. Bye.